0: Again, as I promised you guys, this is the second half of the first one with Mr. White, uh, Robert White. It was obviously, as you guys seen, it was very insightful. Um, So we're basically gonna pick up where we left off on uh, this episode. So again, I really hope you guys enjoy this content. Um, uh, So yeah, have a good one, enjoy. Welcome to the Sun Island. You mentioned something about um, schools in low income area versus school in, in more affluent mm-hmm. area. You want to expound on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a drastic difference um, because, you know, the, the, the students that are living in a more affluent area where they go to school in a more affluent area. If if the parents are not there, they have what? A babysitter or they have somebody there that's going to take care of them when they get home. Or somebody that's going to provide for them when they get home, and, and you know, they don't have to worry about what they're going to eat when they go home because the food is already made, it's already there, everything is everything is provided for them. And so the students that are more than likely in a low income area, a lot of things. I'm not saying it's it's bad, but it's a lot more tough. Hmm. Um, and like you said earlier, the the students or the kids are placed in adult situations to where they are, they're having to take care of their little brother and sister while their parents are at work or or you know cook their brother and sister something whether it's noodles or cereal whatever the case may be um and so when the kids come to school you know they feel like almost like they're they are adults because you know they're taking care of their they start acting like they're they're grown (laughs) yeah they're taking care of their little brothers and little sisters
0: um. Okay. Another th- and a lot of these questions I'm asking you are a little bit selfish, I guess, because mm-hmm. you know I got four kids. Um. I deal with it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I see it, man. And one of the other, the very personal one that struck my family and, um, was access, just access to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um. Now I'm not trying to get too personal on here or anything like that, but. I mean i got a, you know i got a i i got an eleven year old mm-hmm. right and during the, the the pandemic and stuff like that, it's just as you said us parents you know we're either busy doing other things and um and the device is there right mm-hmm. and your kids sometimes get access to those things and yeah. do or see stuff that they shouldn't mm-hmm. at all what are some of the stuff? That us as parents should do to either limit their kids going online to see stuff that they shouldn't be seeing or partaking in stuff that they what are what are some tips you could provide to a parent? Um,
1: well, some tips that I could provide. You know, I'm not the the greatest parent in the world, but uh, one thing with my daughter's cell phones is that they know um, at a certain point at, at night, especially um, you know around eight eight o'clock, the phone comes with us, mm. um, and also there's also with iPhones they have a unique feature where it's called I think it's called like parental controls, mm. where you can basically control whatever is happening on that phone, or whatever sites that they're visiting, you'll you'll be alerted, or if they're trying to download a new app, before they can download anything, you, it has to get you like say for instance one of my daughters wanted to get download an app on their phone, I, it would come directly to my phone first and say do you give permission for you know, Madison or Bailey to download this app, and I can say yes or I can say no. Um, and another thing too is that you know always kind of monitor um, what sh- your children are doing. I know it's kind of hard, but just do a frequent check. It's like, oh, let me see your phone. And like I, I do that with you know my my nine year old Madison. She's on the she's on the phone a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of the times that she's on the phone, she's either talking to some of her dance friends. And they're talking about, I don't, all kind of Whatever, yeah. flips and tumble. I don't, I don't know. But every once in a while, i say, Matt, let me see your phone. So she'll give me her phone. And I won't tell her, you know, oh, I'm going to your phone. But I just, I'm just scrolling through, just kind of look at the search history. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I've learned from my parents is that, you know, you can't, you can't guard them from everything. Eventually, yeah. you know, their That's... kids are going to be kids and they're going to get a hold of something or, or look at something that they're not supposed to be looking at, but it's, the thing that I try to do is to coach them on you know what's right and what's wrong. Um, don't scold them because I've realized that you know if I rate with with my little one she if I raise my voice too too loud she's very emotional she'll shut, shut down. down. yeah my she second just, one is just like that she would just is that your down. second one yes. Oh man, second ones. There's something shut else. down. Like like we were at a, for example, we were at a dance competition. Like a broken
0: computer. They yeah. just can't function. <laughs> <laughs> Logging off. Yeah.
1: So we were at a dance competition this weekend. You know, I'm I'm very competitive, and so with my daughter's, with well, some of her first dances that she was doing, I noticed you know some of her lands weren't. She wasn't doing it kind of how I've seen her do it before. Yeah, so, and well, here comes Mister yeah.
0: Sports Dad, right?
1: Yeah, so I went to her, <laughs> in between her one of her dances, I said, "Hey, babe," I said, are, "Are you okay?" She said, "Yeah, Dad, I'm I'm fine." Why? I said, "Well, I've kind of noticed that you know, you're not doing it as well that I've seen you do it. You know, when you when you landed here, you kind of wobbled out of it immediately. Oh. Cheering, teary, teary. I'm like, I'm like, sweet. I'm, I, I said, I'm not, do, I'm not saying you're doing bad. I'm just saying that you know, I've seen you do better." Well, Daddy, you shouldn't have said it like that because you know how I am and this and this. I said, yes. I said, sweetie, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. I said, she said, I said, So I, I talked to her. I talked to her like how I want to be talked to. I said, so Madison, how would you have liked me to to express that to you. She said, well, you could have just said, you did good, but I've seen you do better. And this is what I feel like you should have done. And this is coming from my nine-year-old. Nine-year-old. Yeah. And so I said, "I said, you know what, Madison, you're right. I said, you know, I, I, there, I could have taken a different approach because I know how emotional that you can be. And so literally, like, an hour later when she had to perform her solo, she got first in the... Well, I don't know if you know how dance competitions go, but they have a category um, level and then they have a... Uh, Uh, overall level overall level is like basically everybody that dances so my daughter got first in the category that she was dancing in and she got first over in all the solos that performed the one that was crying earlier the the one that was crying earlier but i I told her i said i said babe i've seen you do better than this and she took that as her daddy was telling her that she was doing bad, and I was like, "Well, you're not doing bad." I said, "I just, I've just seen you do better." I said, "I was trying to, I was coming over here to make sure, hey, are you okay? Because you know, when you did this little turn and you landed, I noticed that you kind of wallowed into it." I said, "Well, you're talking about me, and I don't need that, right?" I said, "Okay, baby, yeah. you know."
0: Um, and you're really touching on a lot of a lot of stuff, and as a you know a parent and somebody who is experienced with a lot of kids mm-hmm. um you've seen the good you've seen you've seen the bad so you've made it a point of reference to always try to do it the way that you figured would would work mm-hmm. um some parents um tend to be like okay well it's this way or mm. the highway yeah and that's detrimental too, right? Yeah,
1: it is. It's detrimental. I don't I don't want to put an onus on anybody about how they're parenting their children. <laughs> I, like you said, but I, I've seen it a lot in education.
0: The reason why I'm asking you this question, man, I, you know, you have to be wise yeah. as just adults. Yeah. And, and I'm a parent, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm only seeing my children. Yeah. Yeah, It's four of them, but I'm just seeing just four mm-hmm. kids. I legit don't even know anything too much about anybody else's yeah. kids. Not even some of our best friends' kids they don't know much. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to garner some wisdom from your data collection yeah, so... from seeing so much <laughs> other kids. I'm not saying that what you're saying is just one way or the other. I'm just trying to get some... Cause one of the main reasons of the podcast is to add as much value. I've yeah. said it all the time. So that's the reason I'm kind of mining some of that yeah. data that you have. No,
1: no, it's okay. So I can, I can kind of do a calculation of how many kids that I've seen in my 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So on average, the school has about 1,100 kids on average for about 13 years. So I've seen, let's see, 1,100 times 13. So I've seen a roughly around, you know, 14,000 different children Mm -hmm. um and that number is going to continue to grow each and every year and so one thing that i've learned is that you cannot discipline with a blanket meaning everybody cannot be talked to the exact same way everybody cannot be handled the exact same way and one thing that i've learned is that through your relationships that you've built with students and and kids and even parents um you know you you understand what each and every child needs as far as socially, emotionally, um, tone of voice, you learn that. And so I've learned that, you know, some kids need a stern voice in order for them to respond. Some kids, you you talk to them in a stern voice and what they do, they shut down. And then some kids, you know, you talk to them in a calm, peaceful manner and it's like tenfold. Like you, you see a major difference. And in the past, um, through my principalship, I, you know, I've I've talked to some of my teachers before, and I said, you know, in order to, I want to say correctly discipline, but correctly speak to a child, you have to understand who they are, and where they're coming from, um, because, like I said, if a child, especially if a, if a child is acting a certain reason, it's it's for a reason. Either they've learned it from somebody or something has happened to them either in the morning or on the way to school. It's up to us to kind of figure out, you know, what, how can I make your day better? Basically, in a sense. So, for example, if a child comes to me to my office and a teacher sends them to me and they say, hey, Mr. White, this child is just acting onerous and they are just, you know, yelling out and screaming and they're being very disrespectful. I don't take that as an opportunity to say, oh, you know, why are you doing this? You sit out over there, don't say nothing. You know, I talk to each other like, like a regular human, I say, hey, come on, come over here. Come over here, Johnny. Explain to me, like, how are you feeling? I'm feeling. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> okay, so so why why are you feeling okay? Can you expl- just explain to me what happened? So I let you know. I, I always give the, the, the kids their own voice to make them feel like you know they're taking responsibility for whatever it is that's happening. And so they're explaining to me now, and, and I always ask them, okay, so what do you think could have made this situation better? Where do you think you went wrong with this situation? What kind of improvements do you think we need to make in the in the in the future to not have this happen again? And if they realize that they're in the wrong or whatever the case may be, I say, so what do you think needs to happen now? And I I give them an opportunity to speak and take ownership for whatever it is that's happening. Because I like to talk. I know they're kids, but I like to talk to them in a manner to where they feel respected. Because a lot of times, you know, kids get sent to me or or I talk to kids or even my own child well, they were talking to me like I like I like I'm nothing. Like I'm like you know like oh, the I'm kids nobody. They say that. <laughs> like, I, like I'm nothing. And so I responded like I'm nothing. Yes, yeah, so, you know, because the, the kids take heart to how an adult or how somebody speaks to them. For that's the, I guess that's the new thing. But they they really take they, that that really comes to to heart for them how somebody how somebody talks in the manner in which somebody speaks to them, whether it's for disciplinary actions or whether it's just regular communication. So I when I speak to kids or when I speak to adults or even when I speak to my staff I try to speak to them in a way that I would, would want to be sp- spoken to because I know that if as me as a person if somebody's yelling and screaming at me I would have to kind of take a woo side and be like all right now what did it, what what is it that made you come to me like this or or what started this whole situation
0: Wow mm-hmm. um just talking to you I'm starting to realize something Like, again, we're in sales. Mm -hmm. Sun Island, you know, we sell solar panels, Mm -hmm. basically. And um, I mentor a lot of guys in their 20s and girls in Mm -hmm. their 20s, right, um, to go go to neighborhoods and talk to Mm homeowners. So that's cold. sometimes knocking on random strangers' doors, say, hey, do you want this renewable thing? and they'll get a door slam in their face over and over Mm -hmm. and over right they are they are building tenacity they're building discipline and they're building genuine grit um but the most important thing that they're building is their communication Mm -hmm. skills and just from somebody who's on the top of their field the way how you communicate it's not only in sales. Like if you're a great communicator mm-hmm. in any field, yeah. you're going to excel. So you actually gave me another reason why I need to keep mentoring more yeah. of these 20 plus year olds to say, Hey, um, you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Would,
1: yeah. yeah, Communication is key. And like, my wife kind of gets, gets on to me about that all the time. She's like, you're always so friendly. Anybody wants to come up, talk to you. You're always." But I, I've, I really feel like that I've learned that from my father because my father, you know, no matter how bad somebody treats him or how or how bad his day has been, he will always greet you the exact same way, no matter what. No matter how he's feeling, no matter what has gone on, he will always greet you and
0: treat you the exact Dude, same way. That level of consistency, yeah. that life had made you, man. And, that, and that's
1: what I—that's sh- what I strive. I'm not there yet, but that's what I strive to be because like I said even when I, even when I met you you were, I was I think I was in my um I was in my garage yes I was doing something in my garage and you came up to you came to me and said hey man um, you know your wife talked to so and so and they said I said oh, okay I said well come on let me go, let me go talk to my wife cuz you know I I I want people to be treated I know it's cliche but no how I want to be treated so whenever in any situation any situation, it doesn't matter if somebody's coming up to my door, knocking on my door, trying to trying to sell something or whatever the case may be. I'm always going to treat them as if I'm the person that's doing that exact same thing. You know,
0: and give, I felt that man,
1: give them an the opportunity. I'm not going to be like, oh, OK, no, I don't have time for this because I feel like, you know, everybody has a purpose in life. And whatever your purpose is, you're fulfilling that purpose with the benefit of somebody else. And so, if your job is sales, you you benefit from talking to other people and trying to get trying to get them to listen to what you have to say. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're working at H E B or the gas station or being a principal. Everybody that's in something has to have some level of. Communication, unless you're what, like an IT or something, then all you do is sit in front of it. They,
0: they communicate with different things, yeah, codes yeah. and yeah.
1: Yeah, but it all it all requires some type of communication. It all does. So just because you don't... Just because you in your mind you may not benefit from what somebody else has to say at that moment, and you never know how that could affect them down the road. You never know. And so... I know I can talk
0: forever, no, but... No, you're good. Communication is key. So yeah. STEM education... Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get, and correct me if I'm wrong, but how do we get more uh, just minorities mm-hmm. or female in STEM education?
1: Making them aware. Making them aware. So my school focuses on STEM. And so the things that I learned in my University of Houston program, uh, which which I got my STEM, my STEM education master's degree in, I'm Letting my everything that I've learned, I'm transposing it onto my onto my kids in my school. Everything, so as far as the engineering, the robotics, uh, the math that I've learned, everything, and, I, and I'm I'm making access available to them. So that I'm showing them these are the STEM fields that you could go into. This is the amount of money that you could be making when you go into these STEM fields.
0: So it's an access issue. Mm-hmm. They don't know.
1: They don't know because even when I was in middle school high school nobody ever came to talk i didn't even know what stem was (laughs) nobody ever came and talked to me about science technology like like schools that are focused on science technology engineering and math nobody and so you know the more that you can get make people aware of these things the better it is because even with the opportunity that was brought to me for the the scholarship that i have for u of h you know somebody an african-american woman came to me and said hey we need more African-American males and women to apply for these positions. You didn't even knew. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that, that this was an, a scholarship opportunity. So I said, okay, for sure, I'll apply. So I applied, you know, I, t- I talked, you know, communication, because I had to talk to in front of, like, three or four people that were over the program. They loved me. Um, I, I sent in my, my my transcripts, my grades, all the work that I've done in schools, and I I, I got one of the, I think we had, like, it was like 16 slots, 15 or 16 slots that were available. And so I was a part of, the, I, I was and am a part of that cohort by the blessings of somebody just making it available to me because I didn't know anything about it. Mm. I, I really didn't.
0: So <clears throat> just speaking to on this platform, like now, what are some of the opportunities that would allure, say, I don't know, a nine-year-old or 11-year-old, to actually want to get into STEM. Because what I do found is that negative self-talk is a thing. Mm-hmm. People negative self-talk yeah. themselves out of great things. And, and it starts at like yeah, it does. that early. Yeah. And sometimes even some of my girls, you know, they'll just get in their head that they're not good at math. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did you even get yeah. that from? Yeah. I never ever told you that. I'm sure your mom never told you. Mm-hmm. Because my their mom has a master's degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm halfway done with my master's. I hope to God I get to finish, <laughs> right? So we're big on education, yeah. right? And then they'll just get that in their head, mm-hmm. that, that, that negative self-talk, right? Um, what are some of the things that we, us as parents, could tell them or, you, you know, you could mention in a in a STEM field that would get them excited, um,
1: I mean, like you said, that negative stuff talk. Get that out of your head. That's that's it's it's easier said than done. But a lot of the times in the African American community, when it comes to math or science, they we automatically think, "Oh, I'm not good enough to do this." It's because of who we see in those fields right now. So you see these white professionals, or you see these Asia professionals, or whatever the case may be in these STEM fields, and you don't see enough of African, you don't see enough of our representation in that field. Yeah. And so when I think of it is... Not enough Dr. Mark Stephens. Yeah, know <laughs> <I have laughs> Dr. Mark
0: Stephens, exactly.
1: So when I think of it as, you know, what are, you know, the main things that African Americans are, you know, used to seeing where other African Americans are? Oh, you think, oh, I can do that because I see most of our people doing those things so oh, i can do that and when you see something that you know you don't see a lot of people in you're like ooh, that must be hard i don't know if i can do that <laughs> but the more that you see people in the stem field like myself mm-hmm. like i said i never even knew anything about stem and if i can only imagine in my 10 year old mind nine year old mind whatever case may be if you if somebody came to my school and talked to me about stem i was like ooh. I can't do that. I don't. I don't know anybody in STEM. I don't know anybody that's that's a scientist or you know.
0: You're like STEM, What is that? Yeah. A piece of a plant? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so you know, I feel like if you know, the more exposure that we get, the more we get, the more that you see professionals in the field who are successful, the more that you can make yourself aware. Ooh, I know Mr. White. He has a master's in STEM education. If he can do it, I can do it. Or oh, I know. Bobby, he has a master's in biology. If he can do it, I can do it. But because we 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 feel more comfortable with things that we see. And so I, if you see more of us in that field, you're going to feel obliged to do more of those things. But until that happens, until that shift comes, you know, it's going to be kind of hard. But the more that I can, like using this platform to get, you know, the, the word out that, hey, you know, there are educators. There are young African-American people that are involved heavily involved in these STEM fields and education and math and science. And like I said, if I can do it, you can do it as well. I, I promise you, because it, like it, even when I applied for the scholarship of U of H, even the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going to be sitting up there with all these people that are not African-American. Mm. How am I going to make it?
0: Are you going to break through?
1: How am I going to break through? Wow. And, you know, I, I finished with a 4.0. We're four Like I said, it's That's just crazy. It's the, man. it's the mental. It's the mental thing. It's it's almost. I, fr- I forgot what they call it, but like it's like imposter syndrome, or yeah. Well, that, well that, it's like that. we have this 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 feeling that, we you know, we're always less than, or we're always, we're, it's always going to take more. But in actuality, you have the opportunity to do so. You just have to go out and
0: do it. I think Bob actually says it best. He says, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Mm-hmm. that's none, what it is, mental not, slavery. None but ourselves can mm-hmm. free our mind.
1: Now, there are roadblocks, too. There are roadblocks also, but, you know, that mental slavery aspect, is it's unfortunate, but it's there. It is. It's there, and so... When you presented me the opportunity to do this, I was I was excited. I told my wife. I said, "Hey, babe, you know, I've always watched these podcasts online, and you know, I finally get to, you know, hopefully, I get get the word out, and, and they can see somebody who's young and not somebody who's old as a principal, <laughs> or you know, somebody. I want I wouldn't consider myself cool, but I'm not like the average. No, you're not principal. Like you yeah. wouldn't. I'd be walking down the street. You'd be like, oh, he's a principal. You no. know, when, when I go to principals' meetings, people see me like, you're a principal. It's like, I sure am. I'm Let's the principal go. Of Academy.
0: How may I help you? How oh, may I help you? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. And it's it's so profound to have that. And even going back to communication and going back to treating people how you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's how this started. Because mm-hmm. I walked up to you as a random stranger. Mm-hmm. You didn't know knew you. me from Adam. Mm-hmm. And you're... You had warmth. You didn't automatically treat somebody that you didn't know, like, they're out to do something mm-hmm. weird. You're like, okay, yeah, you spoke to my wife. And and then it kind of goes from there. And then imme- immediately when I got into your home, I realized that I kind of saw where you got that from, which was your dad. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I was saying, so, hey, I'm here to talk about solar. It was like, man, I'm working for Tesla. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like- through. <laughs> And it forget that he even says Tesla, that's not even a point, because I myself work for them for a little bit. Uh-huh. It's just experience. Yeah. You know, I got that guy uh-huh. with a whole bunch of experience. And even if I'm, if I'm coming in with 10 years, which I have almost 10 years in the field, I'm like, this guy's going to run circles around me because yeah. I'm not naive. You know, you have levels in life, uh-huh. you know, and I've just by his level of confidence the way he said it. I'm like, I think I need to wrap it up. I I just need to go, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so it kind of comes, you know, full circle. Because, again, you never know. Mm -hmm, You never know. Who you meet and what that person could influence in any way. I have gone in people's homes as total strangers and come almost like family. Mm -hmm. Meaning that I talk to, I just meet a guy who is on the brink of just quitting his job. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know what to do, right? He, he, he's like, man, I want to quit my job, but I'm, you know, I hate this mechanic job and I'm going there, I'm changing oil, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I want to start my own business. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur. You know, I, I do my thing, right? And I go in and I'm having a presentation about just solar. Yeah. And I make this connection and I'm telling him like, yo, yo, you know, I, I actually have my own trucking business, right? Yeah, I have like a seven car hauler and I pay somebody to mm. drive that for me and they, they bring me my money. Mm. And he looked at me like dumbfounded.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like this dude is coming in my house trying to sell me stuff and he's owning yeah. an additional business on top of the business that he's talking to me about. And I just saw it. We talked about for hours, nothing to do with solar. Mm -hmm. And I just see the fire start building in him, building in him, building in him. And, you know, we we kept in touch a little bit. At the time, I was reading the book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And I said, bro, he, he was like half, like a third away in that book. And I was like, man, you need to finish that book. That book changed my life. When I was reading that book, I had a property that was dilapidated, and I never saw it as something valuable. And by the time I finished reading that book, finished reading that book I became a landlord.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow.
0: So, and, and the funny thing, I encouraged him. I'm like, hey, if you don't take anything out of this discussion, read that book. He read the book, Think and Grow Rich, and a couple of months passed, and he just called me all excited. He called me excited. He was like, Sheldon, I started my business. I started my own backstroke business. Oh, wow. And he was just living life, man. And it just comes right back to your point where you don't know who you're going to meet mm-hmm. in what capacity. Yeah. And if you meet those individuals and actually hear them out, I mean, it, it could change a life, yeah. man. Um, this was a pretty valuable meeting that we've had today man i i I really enjoyed the time that you come out i do think we should definitely pick up on some more Mm -hmm. especially um if we get a chance to talk again more about mr white's carpentry yeah for sure because i really do think that's a big deal and the thing is why again why i started this podcast is to highlight local businesses mm-hmm. like that was the premise and i met you as a principal and and things just things just happen right because yeah. i met you as a principal and i'm like i know i'm doing this thing for business owners but i need to probably start incorporate professionals yeah lo and behold you're a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> so when the stars are aligning yeah. they are aligning man yeah. so yeah so but let me let let's just end with with you kind of giving some words to youngsters as far as their education um why should they care and what are some of the stuff they should be doing in order to make sure that they're 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 getting the best out of whatever circumstances they have for their education
1: yeah so um Obviously, you know, education is key. But um,
0: well, you know, the, these kids these days, online, like the yeah, people are yeah. coming over and say, show me the color of your Lamborghini, man. Yeah. They, they, so they, they don't, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I'm, that's why I position it like that.
1: Yeah. So my, my father, when I told him, um, when I was in college, you know, I was having a, f- pretty fair, um, baseball career. And, you know, I was like, I was like, dad, I, I was like, I don't even want to, you know, finish college. I just, I just want to, you know, get a degree and whatever, just so I can, you know, go out and play my baseball. And, you know, I want to be in the major leagues only making all these millions of dollars. i want to drive this Lamborghini, this and this and that. <laughs> my dad was like, son, I understand what you're saying, but what if that doesn't happen? And I was like, but it's going to happen. You know, I'm going to do this because I'm really good. You know, they came out and scouted me. I want to do this and I'm going to do that. He's like, son. I don't think you should do that. I, I, he said, I think that you should get something that that, that you that you feel passionate about. And I said, well, I feel passionate about education. And so that's when I literally, my freshman to sophomore year, my I switched. I didn't switch, but I geared my courses towards the education field. And so when I graduated, I didn't know that I was going to get hurt playing baseball. I, did, I couldn't forecast that. But what my dad had instilled in me is that, you know, even if your dreams don't come true if you playing whatever it is football baseball basketball soccer education track, track whatever it is you still that's not going to last forever what is going to last forever is your degree yeah what what is going to last forever is you continuing your education continuing it yep. and so i thank god to this day i cannot thank my parents enough i i know i've talked about them a lot but because without them in my life, I I probably would have you know just gotten a degree in whatever and not able to use anything that, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Because I like I said, I didn't know that I was because I got hurt throwing the ball, throwing the baseball. You get hurt playing baseball, throwing the baseball.
0: And I destroyed my hamstring. Yeah. uh In the year before I came to the U.S., I was mm-hmm. actually supposed to come to uh, LSU. They're the one that scouted me. Yeah. But the year before. Uh, that, that, no not actually the year before the same year um for my scholarship I was running a 200 meter uh relay and my I mean my hamstring ripped so much like I went vertical in the air before I fell mm. you see Yeah. so I could I had to get a scholarship to a D2 school so yeah. that that's one of the reasons why I, I bounced from St. Charles to New York yeah. to Oregon and now I'm here
1: yeah so you know the the education it speaks for itself you know a lot of a lot of people you know especially kids these days they think they're going to go you know be a youtuber or you know and that, that may happen and i really wish that it does but one thing that you can that you can always bank on is you know y- your mind is continually and always growing and so, if your mind is continuing always growing, keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Don't don't stop. So don't stop with your just your high school education. Go to get your your bachelor's. And don't stop with your bachelor's because you could you could still do all the stuff that you want to do and still go to school. True. You could still do all the other stuff and still go to school. There's right. nothing that's there's nothing that's stopping you because even if, like I said, even if situation with me, I didn't know that was going to happen, but I am thankful, so thankful that I have an education background and i have you know an education bachelor's degree because i was able to graduate and immediately <laughs> start working immediately like i was
0: no lag time let's no go time. yeah I was
1: 22 23 years old making a starting teacher salary because that young that young because i i listened to my parents i listened to them and, and i understand the value of education and now that i'm in education you know at my school soccer is huge in my school huge i have some great soccer players like boys and girls they go to the state finals every year and so one thing that you know i ask them sometimes what do you want to do when you grow up oh i want to be a soccer player i'm going to be the next next. i said i understand that i said but no (laughs) what if that doesn't happen oh it's going to happen i said i I said i was in the same place that you were i promise you i was i said so even if you don't think that you're the smartest keep going keep going keep going because nobody is going to stop you f- from what you're going to do the mind is the most powerful thing on this planet yeah. and the more that you feed it the more that you the more that you continue to educate yourself it doesn't matter what your teachers are saying about you right now it doesn't matter what your teachers are going to say about you in two years because only you can control your destiny only you can and like i said and your education is going to strive that it's, it's going to push that it's it is yeah,
0: in I in, it's true it's a well known nursery rhyme, but in our culture they always say silver and gold may vanish away, mm-hmm. but a good education never decays.
1: It never it never does. Yeah.
0: So man, I could talk to you for hours, yeah. brother. <laughs> hours. Um I love the fact that we have so much parallel. Um we definitely. Oh, by the way, were you a part of like a, uh, a fraternity or?
1: No, like I wasn't. Um, I am not a part of. I get that question a lot, but I am not a part oh, of. I, right? You know, that's one. Because you went to an HBCU, know, man. That's one thing that you know people always ask me. That's oh, well, you know, you went to Texas <laughs> University. What what what, what a fraternity you part of? I was like, uh, me, find me. <laughs> <laughs> what about
0: your wife? Did she join a sorority? No, she didn't oh,
1: either. Uh, She's uh, not. Um, she um she has aspirations as well. You know, maybe that's something that you know it's in the future for mm. us. But I do know that. While I was there, you know, you know, I, I guess you know if you if you come from that type of environment, I, I guess you get more used to it. Because while I was there, I was like, man, I, I said like, those guys are really cool. You know what they're doing? Yeah, you know? they'd stomp in the yard. They'd stomp,
0: I, you know, I, yeah, the walk. Oh my do. word! You know, yeah,
1: don't get called the tiger walk around twelve o'clock. Cause that's, they, it's a yeah great party, but
0: um, they yeah. they try to recruit me, but just doing track, I just never. I couldn't find time to do anything yeah, else except was, track.
1: Yeah. If you're involved in sports, sports while you're yeah. in college, so I think lot.
0: you, I think it's probably the same for both of us. Cause it was uh, appealing. Right. Yeah. But, but as I said, man, um, it's, it's amazing. We definitely need to talk more yes. at some point mm-hmm. because I mean, we same alma mater, mm-hmm. right. TSU. Um, and, and people need to see that tigers are out there doing great things. Great things, great things, man. And, you know, we're none of us are at our destination, but we're pushing every day, mm-hmm. and and it's good to meet somebody like yourself. And like I was telling you earlier, that every single install that Sun Island does, I donate three hundred dollars to TSU. Mm-hmm. It was so good last year when they sent me that slipped off your donation and stuff like that. So you know, but but those things are very rewarding. Mm-hmm um it, it's gratifying and um you know just meeting somebody like you um it, it just refreshes that what I'm doing is something that I need to keep doing because very like-minded people that graduate from the same institution are doing very the same or even more yeah it, it motivates me mm-hmm. you see so um, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. Yes, sir. Um, And so, hey, one love, man. We need to keep it up, all right? Yes, sir. No Be problem. Bliss. Be blessed. Thank right. you.